to deliver me.
The psalm is in your white bulletin insert, Psalm 100, and we'll chant responsibly. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. A joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. In four hundred and ninety seven. Psalm 121. <coughs> My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He will teach you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall be your light. 
shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning is now righteously and govern the nations on earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, 
first reading for the National Day of Thanksgiving is from the 26th chapter of Isaiah. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. For he brings down those who dwell on high, the lofty city, he lays it low. He lays it low to the ground, he brings it down to the dust. The foot shall tread it down, the feet of the poor and the steps of the needy. The way of the just is uprightness. O most upright, you weigh the path of the just. Yes, in the ways of your judgments, O Lord, we have waited for you. The desire of our soul is for your name and for the remembrance of you. With my soul, I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Let grace be shown to the wicked, yet he will not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness he will deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Lord, when your hand is lifted up, they will not see, but they will see and be ashamed for their envy of people. Yes, the fire of your enemies shall devour them. Lord, you will establish peace for us, for you have also done all our works in us. Here ends the reading. The second reading is from the second chapter of First Timothy. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications... Prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Here ends the reading. The common response is on page 212. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Thank you. 
those who hear the word of God and keep it. to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Our sermon text is from Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, whose mercies are new unto us every morning, and who, though we in no wise have deserved thy goodness, dost abundantly provide for all our wants of body and soul, give us, we pray thee, thy Holy Spirit, that we may heartily acknowledge thy merciful goodness towards us, give thanks for all thy benefits, and serve thee in willing obedience. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. During this past liturgical year, The choir has been practicing the appointed hymn of the day and even helping the congregation sing it when it is a bit difficult. At Wednesday Catechesis, we've been studying the words of those hymns as well as the theology and the scriptural references. What we have found is that those stellar and foundational Christians' hymns were written by those who had gone through very trying and difficult situations. Martin Rinkert, the author of the hymn, Now Thank We All Our God, was born in 1586. He served in the musical office of Cantor before he was ordained into the pastoral office as a deacon. Deacon Rinkert first served at Eilberg. Later, he became archdeacon and, in addition, oversaw two other parishes in that town. He served as a deacon throughout those terrible and devastating 30 years' war. And if that weren't enough, right in the middle of that war, in the year 1637, a plague struck the city. I quote, more than 8,000 residents died, thousand, including all but three members of the city council, many school children, the pastors of the other churches except the one who had fled, and it took Rinkert's wife, Christine. That year, Rinkert officiated at over 4,000 funerals. Some days he left mass funerals for as many as 50 people at once. He also had to take over the duties of the two other parishes and then provide temporal guidance for the civic leaders who remained. This is the man who wrote the wonderful hymn, Now Thank We All Our God. This hymn. This hymn begins with an exhortation to the congregation Unto thanksgiving, give thanks, and and don't wait. Now, now thank we all our God. This first stanza makes it quite clear that we have received wondrous and countless blessings from the infancy of our mother's arms all the way up to the present. These many blessings should lead us not to a a feeble or a half-hearted or a spiritless attempt to thank God. No. Our sounding of thanks should involve all aspects of our life, with heart and hands and voices. You see, this author has no qualms in saying that we should have ever joyful hearts. And yet, this is not a Pollyanna optimism which ignores the reality of evil in this world 
Deacon Rinkert did not lead an easy and a sheltered life. The author, who knows of difficult trials, he also knows that we need to ask God that he would keep us in his grace and guide us when perplexed and free us from all harm in this world and the next. Now please note that this Thanksgiving which we offer with joyful hearts, always, as he says, does not exclude being perplexed. Situations leave us wondering, why did this happen? What was the point? We are perplexed by needless circumstances. There are also times when we, we, being perplexed, we do not know what to do. Now, of course, The Lord provides for us a rule and a guide in the Ten Commandments, which we do seek to follow. But I'm not speaking about not knowing what to do with moral decisions. For those, we have a word of the Lord, of course. However, the Lord has left much of our life free for us. Free for us to make our own decision. For example, where we work and live, it's not a matter of the commandments, he's Left that to us. Nevertheless, difficult and unusual situations do arise, and we are often perplexed. How do we respond to a family member who rejects the word, or rejects the Christian faith, or embraces an immoral life? Yeah, just exactly how do I love my neighbor? There is not only one right way. Should I bring up the issue? Or should I let it lie? I'm perplexed as to why someone would do those things. I'm perplexed at how I should respond. I'm perplexed as to what the Lord is doing. What is he doing and why would he allow this? So our thankfulness is not dependent upon us knowing the reason why. We don't have to understand it all in order to be thankful. We simply ask the Lord to guide us when perplexed. The thanksgiving which we offer with joyful hearts also does not exclude harm in this world. As the hymn says, harm in this world. There are natural disasters, Circumstances which are simply out of our control and they do have an effect upon our lives. And as a Christian, you live in a sinful world and you live with other sinners as well as yourself. Yes, there are evil acts, acts of theft, hatred, murder, even planned acts of terror and all of this harm is, well, it's real. Hurricanes take innocent lives. The actions of the powerful will have effects upon us all. The author, in the giving of thanks, prays that the Lord would free us from all harm, from the harm that these things can cause. All right. So what is my point? Do you need to experience war in order to give thanks for peace? Do you need to lose your spouse in order to rejoice in your marriage? Do you need to lose your job, go through depression, or experience famine in order to write a great hymn of praise? A hymn of thanksgiving. Hmm. As for the writing of hymns, well, it does appear that you need an extensive knowledge of God's word, along with an active life of attending service and prayer, and the addition of experiencing suffering, does seem to sharpen a writer's skills. But you have not come this morning for a hymn writing workshop. You have come today to learn about what the scriptures say about the thanksgiving of God's children, of whom you are one. No, I'm not going to tell you that you need to experience loss in order for there to be thanksgiving. I'm not going to slyly suggest and accuse you of unthankfulness because, well, 
implying your life is just a little bit too comfy. No. The life which you have, the one you have received from God, is the exact one which the Lord wanted you to have. Following the scriptures, we confess that our Lord is working out all things for the good, for those who are his called children. If the Lord thought that it would be good for you to experience more trouble, he would already have brought it upon you. And if the Lord knew that it would harm you to have affliction, then he would have prevented it. Yes, the presence of trouble, suffering, and affliction does not produce thankfulness. Neither does its absence and the abundance of God's gracious gifts. That doesn't produce a thankful life either. The author of our hymn knows what the scriptures teach. That it is the blessed peace of faith in Jesus Christ, which he mentions in stanza number two, that sustains the believer in good times and in bad times. It is the knowledge that the Lord frees us from all harm in this world and the next. And the next. So neither worldly loss nor the world's abundance produces thankfulness. And furthermore, your life doesn't need to change in order for you to rejoice with an ever-thankful heart. Even being perplexed and confused about why or how things are going on does not need to short-circuit your thankfulness. Everything that happens in this world is a preparation for the next. If you're perplexed about your situation, you may be looking at things a bit too narrowly. The Lord is not just freeing us from harm of this world, but he's also freeing us of the harm of the next. You see, without faith in Christ, the future will be a world of harm and punishment. However, when we come to confess our sins and trust in Christ, we are protected from all harm. The blessed peace of which the author speaks, the peace of salvation by grace through faith in Christ, does in fact cheer us. The hymn writer directs us to ask the Lord to guide us when perplexed into this peace. You see, in today's second reading from 1 Timothy, we are guided by the Lord in this way. St. Paul explains that he was appointed a preacher and an apostle. He was a man sent by the Savior to proclaim to you the gospel of forgiveness. So the Lord tells us that our Savior desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. St. Paul's message is a message which brings blessed peace. And it is one that he says is in faith and truth. Creates the faith. And it is true. I too have been appointed. I was appointed a preacher and a pastor so that I can proclaim to you the message in faith and in truth. It is that message about a merciful goodness of our Heavenly Father that He provided a Savior that makes our heart content with whatever the Lord's provisions are, whether they be small or great. Isaiah, in the first reading, was appointed a preacher and a prophet. In that first reading, he proclaims the message saying, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yahweh, the Lord is everlasting strength. You see, it is a message of perfect and blessed peace which changes our attitude in this life, when, <coughs> when we learn that we have in no wise deserved God's goodness, then we realize that the Lord is graciously providing for all our wants of body and soul. Our Jesus took the punishment which we deserved. He himself gave himself as our ransom and took our place. You aren't being punished by your suffering, nor are you being rewarded by your gifts, great or small. You don't need more things or less things, that there might be thankfulness. You don't need more or less suffering to be thankful or more thankful. What do you need? You need to be freed from the idea that you 
yourself might be able to produce an acceptable thankfulness. It is not for you to produce. The collect for today has us pray for that thankfulness which is acceptable and which only he can give us. The collect, listen closely, the collect puts God's gift of thankfulness after the knowledge of salvation and before the obedient Christian life. Yes, that's the point. God's gift of thankfulness can only come after the knowledge of salvation, and it is that gift of thankfulness which produces an obedient Christian life, what we would call the good works which come from faith. Listen, we prayed, Give us, we pray, thy Holy Spirit, that we may, one, heartily acknowledge thy merciful goodness towards us, two, give thanks for all thy benefits, and three, serve thee in willing obedience. Before thankfulness comes the reception of God's merciful goodness, and after thankfulness comes the fruits of faith which follow. Our God is using his prophets, his apostles, his pastors and preachers to produce thankfulness in us by means of his Holy Spirit. This process begins when we are saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. It continues as the Holy Spirit works in us a proper and acceptable response to all God's benefits. The Holy Spirit is able to bring forth thankfulness from us, no matter what the circumstances in which you find yourself. For the Lord has placed you in exactly that place and time where he desires you to be. And it is right there where he has placed you that he is working out all things for your good. Now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices whom wondrous things has done. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. The offering will be received. Page 214, the canticle that today.
God, Heavenly Father, we praise and magnify thy holy name for all the temporal and spiritual mercies thou hast bestowed upon us at all times. Thou dost cause thy holy saving word to be preached to us in purity and truth, comforting, admonishing, warning, and reproving us thereby, and fully apprising us how to turn from our evil ways to obtain salvation by faith in thy dear Son, and to walk before thee in righteousness and all holy obedience. Thou makest us to dwell in a goodly land. Thou, O Lord, thyself carest for it, and thine eyes are continual upon it from the beginning of the year even unto the end. Thou hast ordained for us our beloved government, and dost endow those in authority with wisdom, so to rule, that being safely kept under their governance, we may pass our days in quietness and peace. Thou dost vouchsafe to us the priceless boon of liberty, so that without let or hindrance we may freely serve thee according to thy word, be quickened in our most holy faith, confess thy name, and spread abroad thy gospel, and in our homes and churches and schools teach our children the knowledge of the saving truth, bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of their Lord Jesus Christ. Thou forgivest us richly and daily all our sins, and dost not deal with us according to our iniquities. As high as the heavens above the earth, so great is thy mercy toward us. We beseech thee, give us truly thankful hearts, that we may not forget all thy benefits and thy never-failing mercies, Enable us to realize that thy goodness shall lead us and our whole people to repentance, and that we are not worthy of the least of all thy mercies and of all thy truth, because we have repaid thy bountiful, manifold bounties with all manner of sin and unrighteousness, and amply deserve that thou shouldest cause thy loving kindness altogether to cease among us. As thou hast delivered up thy only begotten Son for us all, and with him also freely givest us all things, through him bestowing thy abundant blessing upon our land, its government, and its inhabitants, that all men may seek and find thee in this acceptable time and the day of salvation. Do not thou forsake us, but for his sake be gracious unto us forevermore. With the finger of thy Holy Spirit, write in our hearts the perpetual remembrance of thy faithfulness. Open thou our lips, that we may praise thy grace and mercy, and confess thy name and word. And as thou hast prospered us in earthly goods, make us willing and ready to praise thee by our works, and to honor thee with our substance for the extension of thy kingdom. Let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus, we have compassion on our neighbor in his need, even as thou hast had pity on us. Preserve us from vanity and presumption, lest we say our power and the might of our hands have gotten us this wealth. But let us remember thee, the Lord our God, by whose power and benediction our beloved church, our country, and our government are preserved. To the end, that we may inculcate upon our children and our children's children for a memorial forever that thou hast done great things for us, and that we rejoice in thee. Our soul shall bless thee at all times, and never forget all thy benefits. Let us walk in thy ways, until we shall glorify thee, and exalt thy name in the new Jerusalem. Through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, our Lord. Amen.
Defend us from the same with your mighty power, and grant us to stay with all of you, most gently the run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by your governance may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever.